And today we're gonna, I'm going to intro our new series called The New Way of Thinking. A New Way of Thinking. Because when you think about it, I want you to think about things in your life that really aren't going so well. Things that maybe you struggled with in 2016. It could be relational, it could be health uh, related, it could be job related, it could be re- relational related. But are there things in your life that you'd like to see change? And uh, if you're at, be honest with yourself and like myself, the answer is of course. Yes, that's what New Year's resolutions are all about, right? It says, I make this re- a resolution this year to change. So things are different than they were last year. And a new way of thinking is a good way for us to start uh, the new year. And the new way of thinking is to help us understand and to help us to see how God thinks. To help us to see how God sees. Because we were all created by God. God knows you better than you. God loves you. And he has a plan for you. And the best way for you to live your life, whether you know God or not, is to follow the way that he outlined us to live in the Bible. Because he created us. But in order for us to um, begin to have a new way of thinking... As um, Pastor Rick Warren says, the first principle is, I must experience a moment of clarity. I must experience a moment of clarity. And this is important. And what is a moment of clarity? This is a point in your life that revolutionizes your life, where things become clear in certain areas of your life, where finally you might be struggling and you might doing, be doing things, and then you have a moment of clarity, and then you say, ah, I get it. I get it. And this it makes your past, your present, and your future clear, uh, more clear to you. You know, we celebrated Christmas last uh, week. Joseph had his moment of clarity is when he found out that his wife or future bride was pregnant and he knew that he wasn't the father of this child and he was getting ready to divorce her quietly. And you can imagine how he felt. But his moment of clarity came when the angel told him that he would be the father of Jesus and Jesus' father was, you know, God. And then all of a sudden he goes, okay, I get it. Job had his moment of clarity when God allowed all of these terrible things to happen to Job, where he lost his business, he lost his family, his health suffered, and he finally had a moment to stand before God and to get an explanation from God. Why did you allow these things to happen to me? Why didn't you do something about it? And his moment of clarity came when God just says, okay, you think you know best? Here, I'm going to ask you questions. How do you keep the universe from falling apart? And he started going on and on telling Job all the things that only God knew and only God could do. And Job had his moment of clarity when he said, okay, I get it. I understand that you are God and none of your purposes can be thwarted. He had a moment of clarity where everything made sense. You know, I had my moment of clarity, you know, and I've showed and you know I've shared this before from this pulpit, is when God I just when I found out where why God created me. 
You know, all my life, I've been, I was chasing, you know, financial um, gain. All my life, I've been, you know, ever since I was young, I was chasing prestige. I was chasing power. I was chasing significance. And I was chasing, you know, wealth. That's what I was planning my life for. Ever since I was a kid, all the way through college, that's why I picked my major. My goals were to become wealthy and successful and to be like a VP of a large corporation somewhere. And that was my goal. But then I realized my moment of clarity came when I realized that God created me to be a servant. God created me to be a servant. And as I look past at all of my jobs, as I look past at what I did in high school and college, and I looked at what gave me joy, it was being a servant. And finally, I got it. It was like this aha moment where not only did it affect, okay, it helped me see my past clearly, it helped me see my present clearly, but it also helped me see my future. No longer was I chasing wealth. No longer was I chasing power. If for me to be happy, for me to be fulfilled, whatever I do, whether it's in the ministry or not, it has to be serving someone. And so once again, if I wasn't a pastor, it's not like I'd be saying, okay, I need to be a corporate executive somewhere. No, because I had my moment of clarity. So if I wasn't a pastor, it'd be like, I'd love to be a concierge at the Disneyland Hotel. You know, okay, so it's, I won't make a lot of money, but I'd be happy. But it also gave me um, the ability and the, uh, um, I guess, the plan to raise my son. Because remember when I was growing up, I was chasing wealth, power, and prestige. Now, since I had my moment of clarity, it's like, Mike, I just want you to serve out God's purposes in your life, whatever that might be. You know, you don't have to be, you know, a rich lawyer. You don't have to be a rich doctor. I just want you to fulfill God's purposes in your life. A moment of clarity. You know, some of you, you know, had moments of clarity where, okay, well, you know, my health is important. I finally get it. Or I need to uh, change the way I make choices. Maybe in 2016, you made some pretty poor choices. And you say, okay, something's got to change. I've got to change the way I make my choices. Or maybe the way you relate to people. I need to change the way I relate to people. Because so many times we just fall back on, well, that's just the way I am. Well, you know what? If, if you're a jerk, you can't use that you know, as an example. Well, that's just the way I am. You know, no. You've got to have this aha moment where, okay, you know, it's kind of lonely living the way I live right now. Maybe I need to change the way I relate to people. If you have your Bibles with you, can you turn to Ephesians 1.18? Ephesians 1.18, and we'll have it on the screen. And this is what the Apostle Paul writes. It says, I pray that your hearts will be able to understand. I pray that you will know the hope given by God's call. It says, I pray that your hearts will be able to understand. Well, understand what? Because this is what Paul is praying for us He's praying for us to understand. He's praying that we would have a moment of clarity so we could see 
how God sees things. So we could see the potential that God sees in us. That we could see the calling and the purpose that God has for each one of us. And to understand why obeying him is so important. He's saying that, I hope you understand that your role is to mature in Christ. Not to court the world. But how do we get there? How do we get there? How do we have these um, moments of clarity? Well, Oliver Wendell Holmes says this. He says, I would not give a fig for the simplicity on this side of complexity. But I would give my life, I would give my life for the simplicity on the other side of complexity. And what's he talking about here? Because this is a really, this is one of those things where, oh, I I get it too. You know, and what he was saying is sometimes we just gain understanding and there's no struggle for it. Well, we just, you know, something happens and we get it. We go, oh, yeah, I get it. But what he's saying, with that kind of understanding, he's saying, I wouldn't give a fig for that. It's worthless. It's worthless. But he said, I will give my life for the simplicity on the other side of complexity. Have you ever struggled with something where you're trying to figure something out? You were trying to get something done. Maybe your, you know, your management team at work or your family or in your relationships. You know, you're trying to get things done. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids, your spouse, whatever. And all of a sudden you just keep hitting this wall where you say, why is this so difficult? And you keep trying. You, you keep trying to hit it from different you know, angles. And you keep trying things and you fail. You try something else and you fail. And then finally you have this breakthrough and it works. And the breakthrough is so simple. And you just go, duh. Why couldn't we figure this out? This was so simple. The solution was so simple. What he's saying is in order for you to arrive at the point where the solution is simple, you have to go through a lot of trial and error and struggle in order to come there. You know, we at church, you know, as a staff, you know, we, you know, at a staff meeting, you could just feel the excitement because right now we feel that God is moving. We feel that God is doing things. And, and, you know, what we're trying to do here is he said, we need to be involved in relationships. We need to be involved in discipleship. You know, our vision statement, you know, the part that we're emphasizing is moving people closer to Christ. That's what we need to be involved with, you know. And so we're all excited about that. And we're seeing the results of that. We're seeing the energy in this church. And we've been slugging at this for the past eight years. And it's just a discipleship. And then it's like, well, duh. Didn't Jesus say, go make disciples of only? Wow, we just figured that out. No, we knew that. You know, we know the Great Commission. But what? We've been trying, you know, and failing at different things. You know, we, we finally realized that we are being more programmatic than life being involved in changing people's lives. And this is really what the church is all about, right? To change your life, to allow God to change your life. And it was like this little duh. But it took us, you know, eight years of, you know, trying this, trying at, trying this to finally figure out, okay. This was our wrestling match with God, where Jacob, you know, Jacob had that wrestling match with God, and finally just broke his hip. Well, I, he broke our hip, 
And it's like, oh, God, if we just listened to you, the solution would be so easy. But many times, many times, this is how God deals with us. When we're struggling, we're struggling to try to find a solution. We're struggling to try to change certain areas in our lives. We're struggling to find a way to make our lives better. But everything we try fails. But it's in that struggle. It's in that constant um, of cycle of trying and failure. It's that complexity that we have to go through that we reach the simplicity on the other side. And we can only get that aha moment or, um, if we go through that complexity. So if you're going through a difficult time right now, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep If you feel like you're butting against the wall, keep trying new things because it's in the process of you trial and error of, you know, that grit to keep trying to get better, to keep, you know, asking God what's going on, to keep asking God for direction is when you come up with that aha moment. The next thing is I must express an attitude of humility. I must express an attitude of humility. It says in James 4, 6, you know, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You know, we need to realize that God is God and we're not. And he is the Lord of our life. And if we don't feel that we need God, guess what? We don't have God. If we feel that we don't need God, we don't have God. Because God is saying, look, Dave, if you want to try it your way, go for it. Go for it. See how it turns out. I'm not going to be in there. I'm not, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to watch it happen. But you don't have my power. You don't have my strength. You don't have, you know, my direction. Kind of like parents, right? You know, how, how many times when you, you try to tell your children something, and my parents did that with me. And then I said, my, I, I, countless times my mom would say, okay, Dave, you, you think you know better? Go for it. She'd let me go for it, and I'd fall on my face. And she could just, she knew it was going to happen. She knew it was going to happen, but I had to find out myself. But that's the same thing with us. If we um, feel that we don't need God, that we could call our shot, to call the shots of our lives, then we won't have God. Then he's going to say, okay, Dave, go for it. See how it goes for you. Finally, it says, I must allow God to change my way of thinking. I must allow God to change my way of thinking. And the thing is, we don't have the power on our own to see how God sees. We don't have the power on our own to see things how God sees things or to understand why he wants us to do what he wants to do. On our own, we don't have that power. And, you know, a lot of us try to change things. We try to change our way of thinking, but it doesn't work. You know, there's this one saying, and I know that you've heard it. It says, insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. You know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We all do that, right? Where, you know, there are certain things in our lives where we just keep doing it over and we get the same results. But in our mind, we go, well, next time it's going to be different. We do the same thing and we get the same results. And we know this. All of us know this, you know, saying here. But why do we do it? Why are we doing it? And this is why I believe we do it. It's because doing the same things over and over again 
doesn't cost us anything. Doing the same things over and over again don't cost us anything. If you want to improve your health, and this is where I fall, it costs something. It costs you to abstain from those great foods that you know that are bad for you. It costs something. It costs something to get up and exercise and get on a routine of exercise. Because why? Exercise is not fun. Exercise is painful. We don't like it. It hurts. And then you start exercising and then you stop. Guess what? You start over from zero and you have to start all over again. It costs you something. You know, managing your finances better to change the way you manage your finances, it costs something. It costs you saying, okay, well, maybe I can't buy the things that I want to um, buy. You know, if you're a student, you know, and you're taking a look at your, your grades and you're wondering why your grades aren't, you know, that well, but you're doing the same thing over and over again. Well, you know what? It costs something to change. And what is that? What well, costs you time and effort to study? Therefore, we don't like to pay those costs. So we do the same thing over and over and over. I'll just wait till the last minute. I'll put my book under my pillow and sleep on it, and maybe somehow the words will get or the answers will come to my head. You know? Growing in Christ costs something. You know, if you're taking a look at your spiritual life right now and you're wondering why things aren't changing, if you're wondering why you're doing the same thing over and over again and not getting any results, and most of us, this is our problem, including myself, and this is, is we try to live with one foot in the world and one foot trying to follow God. You know, it's like, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to experience the joys and pleasures this world has to offer But, you know, I know God, and I want to follow God, too. Well, guess what? That will never work. You know, you could try doing the same things over and over in different combinations to make these things work together. It will never work together. And see, this is why growing in Jesus Christ costs something. It costs us to take our foot out of the world and say, Jesus, I'm all in for you. We like to take the path of least resistance. And finally, I'm going to end with this verse, Romans 12, 2. I'm sure you're all familiar with this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a passive, passive tense. It doesn't, you are being acted upon. You know, as opposed to you're the one doing the work. It doesn't say transform yourself. No, it says be transformed. So some force or something is acting upon you. And what's that something? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit transform your mind. Let the Holy Spirit renew your mind so you can think as God thinks about things and see things as God sees about as God sees things. And like I said, this is just an introduction to um, thinking a new way. Because this is so important, especially when it comes down to our spiritual lives. And so what's this week's challenge for you? 
What I'd like you to do is, you know, think about this. Identify an area or areas in your life where you need to see things as God sees them. Maybe things aren't going well for you in certain areas. Maybe you're not seeing the results that you want to see. Well, maybe it's because you have the wrong motives. Maybe you're chasing after the wrong things. Maybe you picked your major because you're chasing after the wrong things. Maybe you don't see the potential that God sees in you. He said, I created you with these gifts. When you were in your mother's rooms, I poured all these gifts that I'm going to give you. I have all these experiences that I want to give you. I want you to see things as I see them. So identify errors in your life where maybe things aren't going well, where you're kind of like the Lord of your life. And ask, and, and then number one, is do you have the humility to admit that you need help? Well, it's like, I got this. I got this. Finally, ask God to change the way you think. Come before God and ask God to allow his Holy Spirit to transform your mind. You can't do it on your own can't do it on your own. Because if you try to do it on your own, it's called will worship. Where you're worshiping your will. You're putting all of your confidence in your will. Willpower to try to change things. And that's just not going to happen when it comes to seeing things as God sees things. Now let's pray.